Etouffee. Cajun, Kron, how are you, dude? Oh, who, who the hell is calling me on my, on my house phone? Uh, I give you three guesses, buddy. Hmm. It's not the government. Don't freak out. Oh, it's, okay. It's, okay. Right. I, you seem to be panicking there. All I right, I'm going to hold my gun in. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, I only put one bullet in it. I think you know why. I don't think you miss. Um, is your phone connection okay? There's some grumbling or something. Anyway. Oh, you hear that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Oh, Who that? Don't worry about that. It's just share bones on the phone. Who that? So you do know who I am? Oh, I never. Of course, I got kind of ID. I know who you are. Oh, you were fucking with me. Okay. I just playing. I, I was still loading the gun, though. That's why the people like you. Cajun You sure? Is that on my end or your end? Oh, that's on my end. Okay. Um. I, I don't know. Nick Paris, you better. More doubt coming out of this Paris. Am I on speakerphone? No, he picked up the bedroom phone. Oh, okay. Um, who that? Who that? It's Shea Bones. Who, uh, who do I have the pleasure of, of speaking with? Oh, that's... That's, K, that's Cajun Dan. K, there's a Cajun Dan, too. Oh, you you know nothing about this is, alternate universe. Is that what it is? Is it is a, is it a bizarre Bayou thing down there? Uh -huh. it, 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 it's not it, it, a video store. Video store. This not yeah. a real place. Shit. I okay. I I can't go into the fucking metaphysics of our respective. I would interrupt in the LSU game. I'm, I'm trying to be quick. I, I'm, I sincerely apologize. Listen, I tried emailing your AOL account. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you got the email. Nope. Um, okay. That anyway. computer flooded decades ago. Ain't no battle up over here. Did you try uh, putting it in like a barrel of rice? No. Did. That go gumbo. Yeah. We ain't, we ain't about to ruin a big old pot of gumbo with a computer. If you put the computer in before you make the gumbo. No. Who, who well, the a computer? The who gumbo the, is perpetual. Who the, who the hell am I to tell you how to cook gumbo, right? The gumbo was cooking constantly. Question. Is there a Bayou Bones down there who never pitches in for gumbo? There's a Bayou Bones. Oh, shit. Okay. He must heal a mercenary mission right now. Okay, so he's a badass. I didn't tell you oh. that. He just, he just so organizes. It's, it's a real bizarre thing. That's okay. His, his mercenary mission just involves one gun and one bullet. And hey, that's rice for That's all you need. Oh, so he's in charge of getting the rice. That's his bizarro thing. I'm wanting you to waste rice to clean up mm -hmm. your PC. Yeah, he is the opposite there. of you in every way. I, I must be cool. And that's exactly why I'm calling you. Um, they can't, you know, there'd be no PC around here. You say whatever you want. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it clean. I'm recording this phone call, by the way. Um, Go ahead and say something controversial, Bones. Yeah. No, 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 no. Cajun Cron, listen, we love when you come around. We appreciate it. Um, I believe your contract's still good through the end of the year. 
we really need you, man. Our numbers, they're, they're stinking. And I got an episode coming up. It's my selection, statistically speaking. I need, I need some help here, man. So I need to, I just wanted to give you like fair warning. I'm going to be calling you in this week. Oh, you you know I love coming by. Okay, I know, I know. And I wanted to preemptively, because sometimes on the show, you know, I, I, I act I act the ass, you know, in, in trying to keep it kind of light. Um, you know, you're, you're no BDP by any means, that guy. Ugh. You got a bizarro BDP down there? Is he like a, oh. he's probably clean cut and shit, right? Doesn't like oh. computers and TVs. He's a president down here. Hey, that's that big friendly giant. He's been making, in our universe, he never stopped making pervert movies. Oh, your, your bizarro Cajun BDP is the BFG, and he is president there. Mm-hmm. Wow. President of Paris, yeah. I have learned more in this five-minute phone call than, uh, the movie this week has plot, Cajun Crot, and that's and that's another reason I need you. Cajun Dan, hop off the phone and go uh, make sure there's enough air in the fan boat to get us up to up to the five day rental store. You do. You guys, you're you're uh, nice to meet you uh, or uh, talk to you or Cajun Dan. Uh, Cajun okay. Crot, your fan boat runs on air. It's a fan boat. <laughs> Wow. I sometimes gotta, sometimes you, gotta, you need a little extra, you know? Okay, you got to take me through the rift, whatever it is that you got to co- go through to come through. But uh, we, we hit the air tank like it's NOS and. Oh, okay. <laughs> Keeps you awake. It, it fast and furious. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I, uh, uh, you, you got the list of the movies. You know what's coming up this week, so I'll let you go. I'll give you time to prep, and, and I'll, I'll see you on the night of the record, okay? Bones, I'll see you soon. Uh, laundry, Cajun Laundry Dan, you make sure you're loading up the air. The boys need me this week on five-day rentals. It's Invasion USA. Welcome to 5 Day Rentals, the video store podcast, where each week one of us takes a crack at picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre specific category. We are in act two of the big three, but really not the three you want. And I am Bones, head honcho for this episode. This week we're talking Invasion USA, and I have already said more words in this 20 second intro than our hero says in an hour and 50 runtime. Again, I am Bones. Thanks for listening. And I'm joined as always by, or with rather, I'm not joined by, joined with, joined alongside, hand in hand. I think Kron, you do the first fist, Dan, you do the next hand, and then I do the hand on top. That's what I mean. That's what I'm envisioning. Yeah, They're well, both we nodding we, in agreement. Hello, Kron. Hello, Dan. 
We can't separate them. I, they're super glued together. Yeah, and that's Dan's fault. Him being in you, the middle. You don't know where my hands have been. You really want me touching the top of both ears? You wouldn't touch the top. I'm touching the top of your hand. Kron is two were coming together, and I was no, no, no. I'm saying Kron is like center fist, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you come in and you add next layer, and then I come in, and I'm over the top. Hey, just real quick, do you guys want it below or above the wrist? Uh, on the thumb, I'm, I stand by the fucking no. that you can cut the thumb off and get your hand out of there. Okay, but th- we're all glued together, dude. That's not gonna work. I guess I guess we could do the three-way thing where one of us grabs the other person's wrist, right? Like the little cheerleading, uh, you know, arm trampoline that they make, the little platform. Can't we just do the, like... You guys know nothing of anatomy, but do you know action movies? What We're is talking, an action movie? What, um, an action movie is a... Um, a piece of fantasy. Every it, movie is an action movie because they say action. Not Clint Eastwood. He's, he yells start, <laughs> shoots I, a pistol off. I, th- I think he says something like, all right, let's go. He, he doesn't say sigh. action because it startles the horses. He just sighs like. <sighs> Invasion USA is an action movie, guys. Well. Start. Well, 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 get to it. it. Get to it, will ya? Huh? Go ahead. I literally don't have any more time. Go ahead. Make my movie. Guy, Guy makes a movie with first take, and it's still better than... 80% 80% of other movies that are made, huh? Is he one of those, like, first take, only take? Pretty much, yeah. Directors? Yeah. That sounds right for him. I don't know. When I worked with him, he gave me a lot of time. I will say that. I think maybe the old just need to stop. Do you think Tarantino is sort of digging it? at Eastwood when he says like you got to stop at 10 cuz otherwise you're old and disconnected and I just think once he... you get into like I can't say that because my most anticipated movie of the year is The Killers of the Flower Moon and Scorsese's like fucking 80 something right Still <clears throat> seems pretty vibrant so. though Like the Rolling Stones announced a new album Wednesday like do do we really need that? Like, cool, you're still making an album, but nobody wants to hear that. So they'll have had an album in what? Seven decades? Maybe eight. Who knows? <laughs> I have to do the research. You know who still looks pretty good? For his age? Uh, Jerry Cantrell. No. No. Who the fuck is Jerry Cantrell? (laughs) 
Did you make that name up? No, I did not make that name okay. up. Okay. <laughs> well, who's Jerry Cantrell? Yeah. Then? I'm not telling you. Is it Cantrell or Contra? Because... Is it just a guy that you know? That you think? It's It sounds like a made-up NFL player. No. He makes music. Okay. I'm going to go with a Terry Kim trail. <laughs> Guys, I was trying to get to Chuck. Chuck looks good for his age. Now? Uh, I mean, he's got all that fucked up plastic surgery so his face is um frozen in time i I was gonna make a doctor who reference but it'd be lost on you we guys we cannot match the uh chuck's intensity in this movie we do need to amp it up um (laughs) we gotta pick it up i know i i edit these episodes there's a talk i gotta i gotta cut out a lot of air Uh, we gotta pick it up dudes we gotta it's going to be, I don't know what the gas leak is at all three of our respective homes. We got a book. Had this you is... seen Invasion USA before? I never, yes. I'd never seen it. Okay. Why do we ask that question when I asked it last week during the after showers? I don't know. We're just filling time, dude. Okay. I think sometimes maybe it comes back to you like, oh, I have seen this. That's fair. That's a good assessment. Plus, maybe some people didn't get that far right maybe they're they're uh, hopping around I think maybe they're parts like me of this on yeah. tv yeah i was gonna say my viewings were all definitely tv i think we may have rented it a few times it's so long mm-hmm. it's so long it's overly long <laughs> it is too long it is too long. And it's ultimately, now, every movie is a collection of scenes, right? Well, but, when you get down to it, every movie's a collection of still images. Understood. Yes, thank you, Kron. Uh So thank you for help me, helping me uh, more aptly define where the line is. But when this movie... down to it, every movie's a gift. This movie is like... Uh, they just took like the construction paper doodles of a bunch of 10 year olds and then figured out how to make those like those into a movie. Did they? Is there a story here? Did anybody slight, see how long they slight. this? No. I did no I did no auxiliary research. Um, I, Eight months. Oh, you know Golan and Globus were fuming. I was like... Yeah. No. They actually called and gave them more money because they liked what they were seeing. That's crazy that they let this movie be this long. You could cut this to 88 minutes easy and squeeze in two more showings in every theater. What is the story here? Okay, so we're in 1980s America. Capitalism is run amok. And who's who's come to fix it? Still the, is, baby. The communists. Boo. Boo. Hey, let's, let's let them talk. We'll see what they got. Sorry, Boo. Dan. I'm on Chuck's side here. Remember when people said that in 2015, Dan? 
Uh, all right. Yeah. So that's what I did want to do up, up front was kind of give like a base summary of this because there's no promise that my plot breakdown is going to explain anything better than, um, I, Oh, I think that's why I had to watch this movie four times. I mean, I paid attention, but all the same, I was like, did I miss like a whole, did I miss 30 minutes somewhere? Several that times. connects any of these things? Several times I had to back it up 100%. Um, okay. It's the 80s. Go ahead. Had you, you'd seen this before, right? Or is this? This was one where I had seen pieces of it. Like I knew the the double Uzis, the denim. I knew the in, I had seen the ending a bunch, but I think because of the Bayou thing and the latter half of the movie, I always thought that they were two separate movies. I didn't because there's nothing connected. I mean, I get that he's, and we'll get into that when we're talking more plot detail. All right, anyway. Uh, some faction of the communist party, right? Some, there's a terrorist insurgency, a literal invasion of America that comes up. I'm guessing through Cuba, not to throw shade at Cuba, but we all know your history, which was incorrectly taught to us. Um, like I didn't realize on until the second viewing that all those guys that run up the beach and hop in those trucks there's like ADR telling, like kind of assigning them to other cities because this movie would have you believe that everything's happening in Miami. So why isn't it invasion Miami? But with two lines of ADR saying like, hot dog, this to San Francisco, <laughs> Las Vegas. Speaking German. Yeah. So what is the point of, I mean, I guess if that's your point of entry and there's an interstate system, as we know, that's a, a appropriately numbered. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> Jury's still out. Okay, so they they attack. They have uh, Rustoff on their side. Uh, back on the podcast again. He was in a Puppet Master. He was in a Thunder in Paradise. Incredible actor. Great screen presence. He is the leader of this insurgency. And unfortunately, he has a, a troubled past with the company's best now retired agent, one Chuck Norris, Matt Hunter, who uh, in the hero's journey refuses the call and then immediately gets to answer the call and works alone. And Dan, I hate to give you work during the show, but I would like for you to keep track of how many times I say, so Chuck shows up. Because I think every other sentence I have written down begins that way. And does he win? Who knows? It's one man against the... What? Is it a thousand men that run on that beach? Is it a hundred? Uh, it's like 300. It's over this movie. is Miami! <laughs> did our... Did... Mr. Zito direct this before Friday the 13th? Which one did he do? Four? He did... uh, I think this is before. He did the final chapter, right? 
No, this would be after then, right? I think it might have been right after. Because the first Friday the 13th is 80? 81? Yeah. Same year as The Shining. So, 80. Was it 80? Yeah, did they knock like four out in five years? I think there was. they were coming pretty quick. Just like Kron. This is the type of stuff that leads to... It. Gaps in the audio. That's why we do editing. Uh, That's why I do editing. He did the Prowler, then the final chapter, then Missing in Action, then Invasion USA. Okay. So Chuck liked him on Missing in Action. Mm -hmm. So he did Friday the 13th in 84 and Missing in Action in 84? Yeah. God damn. Okay, so that I used to that crank makes, these things out, dude. Yeah, but well, I'm just I, saying it makes sense that the way that Chuck Wagon is in this movie, he just fucking comes out of the darkness like fucking Jason and starts oozing people. That is a good like, assessment. He is somehow the slasher antagonist to Rustoff's ingenious plan, apparently, according to Nico, that he. Rostov's the only guy who could have planned this operation of shooting up community centers and questions on that (laughs) of bombing a mall. But are we are are we missing the point by even asking this? It's a it's a canon movie. When that thing comes across the screen, that should that should wipe away any uh, sense of reason. uh, You know. Well, just watch. I guess I don't think it's Five like stars crash and burn. It's not super detrimental to this movie <laughs> that the plot is almost non-existent. But I mean the the only the only reason there is a plot is to connect from set piece to set piece. Like that is the only purpose. They came up with the action first and then wrote the bones of a script around it. I think he got the Nissan first. I was like, how do I make a movie about this? Now, in Last Action Heroes, um, maybe I'll tell this after the um, JCVD episode coming up from Dan. I will tell a story that involves sort of the three of them. I'll try to rehash that, which is a good book. It's a an, an okay audio book, even though... Bronson Pinchot mispronounces a bunch of of character names. Um, Chuck Norris. <laughs> I think he's he he calls him Frank uh, Ducks, and it's Frank Dukes, the character from Bloodsport. <laughs> uh, that's the one that stands out. Was there no one at the recording to be like, that's not how the name's pronounced? I don't think anybody that works for that book company had ever seen Bloodsport or remembered it. Um, Trump's favorite movie. But the... Might be coming next week. Okay. Um, But in the past few years, I've come to find out that a lot of Chuck Norris's stuff is developed and written and I think eventually directed by his brother, Aaron, who gets a story by credit on this, and Chuck gets a screenplay credit. 
along with, I'm guessing, the guy who actually did all the connective tissue. What? Mark that line out because I don't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a McQueen. Yeah, pretty much. Rip, rip from fucking pages out. Well, let's go home early. And you, you know, it was it was like his delivery in this movie. Probably just like, I don't want to read that. Cut the five-minute America's Great Speech. Uh, I'm not into it today, guys. Yeah. All right. And then final thought thing before uh, we lock in my rate my letterbox. Cannot forget. Um, What type of ending do you guys prefer? Do you prefer the old-school hero blows up villain cut to credits? Do you enjoy a little, like, would you have liked him to speed back to the bayou and start building another shack? Like, what, do you have a general preference or is it a a dumb question because it depends on the type of, of story? I like the, I think I, I like the descending. I like the, all right. We got what we needed. Now we're done. He burned his house to the ground. I mean, what's he really going back to? It's time to end the movie. Um, I don't know. I guess the point, I guess the idea is you get people leaving the theater excited, like with a, an adrenaline rush. So maybe they get, they're hyping it up as they leave the theater and that, creates word of mouth. I think it just it does. works. I think that works really well in like the, I don't know, like the mission impossible kind of thing where it's like they do the end of the movie and then there's like a little dip, but then it, like some of those, don't they end with, it's like, we got another mission coming up and then they roll credits right there. Yeah. I f- yeah. I feel like I- if you set it up is like, we're sending the hero back out into the, you know, ether for the next mission. That can work, but I don't know. I like a '80s boom. I shot the bad guy. <laughs> Credits immediately start rolling. I think it works for this one. Well, now you got me thinking because Mission Impossible ends with him and Luther chilling at the cafe, and it's awesome, right? And then Ethan gets on the plane. And then gets the message just like Phelps did in the beginning. That that's that's awesome. That's perfect for that, right? Like you were talking about, kind of a tease. Maybe we'll make another one, but it sets up. You sort of know what the character's journey is after this, which is nice, right? Four ends with again him sitting with Luther because Luther's not in the rest of the movie, and it's a nice little. Di- it's like, hey, he's still around, right? And then you see spoilers his ex-wife like they check in and say like oh she wasn't killed right it's a nice little button on that and it continue it i think it's specific on the franchise because like as you like you're talking about it just peppers into the next one mm-hmm. so there i guess there is no benefit to this other than like stretching it out i think you just he don't blows him up. do the like lord of the rings thing where you get to the end of the movie and there's 53 minutes left, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I just recently watched, uh, along with The Witch, which I watched on while I was on vacation for our five star banger episode, I watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And that movie takes fucking forever to get started. And then you have this giant 35 minute climax, and then it, it ends. And to me, it was very unsatisfying. And a lot of older movies did that. And the only thing I could maybe think of is, well, people were probably rolling in later, right? Because they used to just show a movie and people could buy a ticket and sit there, show up whenever the fuck they wanted. So do we? Do they make these really long, slow openings so people can kind of catch up? And then you end the fucking movie so maybe the people can then stay and watch the first 10 minutes and fill in any fucking gap. If they want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe you used to just show up, you know, when there was 45 minutes of movie left and then decide if it was good enough to watch the beginning of it. Was there a sequel to Invasion USA? Was there a sequel to Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? I don't think so. Mr. Smith leaves Washington? <laughs> Disgraced? It's a mashup. It's Mr. and Mrs. Smith go to Washington. Mr. Smith goes to January 6th. Also, I've had a 35-minute climax. (laughs) And how was that? There's nothing wrong with that. It was good. How do you think? It was good, dude. (laughs) For both parties? For all parties. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It happens to a lot of guys that they only get a 35-minute one. Invasion USA, 1985. The Cannon Group. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. Jesus. That's why the pencil's still in my hand. Pull it a uh, Bob Dole. Guys, rate my letterboxed. Uh, Bones, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a 3.0 on Invasion USA. Danimal? I think I'm going to join Kron on that ride and do a 3.0. Uh, Letterbox user rating is a 2.9 at the time of our episode of Invasion USA here. Invasion USA, 1985. The Cannon Group, a Joseph Zito film. Screenplay credit. Shared by Chuck Norris and his brother Aaron Norris and some other guy. Poor guy. Hope he got paid. We stand with the writers. We sit with the writers. We hope they get what they want. You think Chuck's picking? I like writers. Chuck ain't doing shit. He's He's picking his ass. I mean, fucking David Fincher can see both sides. I'm sure Chuck can see 18 sides. Can't wait for the killer. We see some Cuban immigrants. They are baking in the sun as their boat, which is uh, trying to get them to the U.S., seems to be stalled. Can't get the motor to start. There's a poor kid and his grandfather, and they're filling us in about whether or not if they get caught, will they be sent back to Florida or uh, Cuba? 
Will they make it to Florida? Grandfather's like, it's just over the horizon, buddy. We're almost there. We'll see the pit bull statue of Liberty here soon. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be confusing because that's a worldwide icon. Phenomenon. Yeah. You wouldn't know. That's as neutral as a, a lighthouse. Can we name a Pitbull song? Uh, that Timber song that you and... Is he, is she, is he on that one? That Kesha I, Timber I song? I him. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> and I only know that thanks to uh, Last Bud's tour. All right. On the horizon, what we do see is an American ship approaching. Guys, we think it's the Coast Guard. But it's fucking not. Because as soon as this boat pulls up, you recognize fucking Richard Lynch, and you're like, no, he's not a good guy. He's just, something's up. They approach these, <laughs> these, these poor migrants, and why they even put on the facade that they're going to help them, uh, insult to injury, because this entire uh, Coast Guard team just unloads every round that they have on the ship into these poor people. Uh, specifically one skinny, nerdy uh, terrorist guy who who gets his come up it's later. But uh, Lynch has to yell, like, stop four times before this guy stops unloading his 50 cal into these people. Not the only time in this movie Lynch has to <laughs> yell for everyone to stop shooting. Again, he's the only guy who can lead this operation. Seems like his heart's not even in it, though. It's like as soon as they start shooting, he's like, all right, there's enough. Like, <laughs> Save the rounds. <laughs> yeah. Maybe what he doesn't want them to do is fuck up and shoot the drugs <laughs> that were hidden in the, I'll say it, the world's best uh, hidden door. I don't I mean, know. Maybe- I, I didn't see a rectangle with a little hole indicating that this thing opens up they definitely would have shot up those drugs right i mm-hmm. mean you got like a 50 cal machine gun yeah and thank god this wasn't drugs from license to kill because as we know that was gasoline it's true They're taking out both ships boys fellers we get our title invasion usa and we are in the swamps Chuck cruising across the wetlands on a fan boat. He's looking manly, sweaty, stoic. Chuck. It's pretty cool. Who's a better fan boat driver? Matt Hunter or RJ Spencer? I go with Chuck. I mean, just from the way he's like working the the fan and shit. I'd go with Chuck. These are uh Later models, you know, RJ's got a newer one, so that's fair. He yeah. does have like space age tech on that fan boat. We see him ride. Yeah, Chuck's is probably old school. Just but a fan and a fucking fin in the back. We don't know whether or not any local fan boat dealers have reached out to Matt Hunter to get his opinion on their new technology. Fuck, that is true. I just reminded you of that plot point, right? I was trying to think of the video that they cut together where he's like, I will kill one million people or <laughs> pay me a million dollars. Yeah. 
All right. I think I covered that episode. It's nighttime. We're at the docks. Some feds show up to quite the scene. Okay. They are informed that. I saw your pigeon toes in the water. <laughs> pigeon toe tracks. The hard part's turning it off, Cron. <laughs> All right. The Coast Guard ship was found just floating. Tugboat pulled it in. And unfortunately, the real crew, uh, real Coast Guard crew, was just left slaughtered and naked inside the cab of this thing. They all had on matching tidy whities mm-hmm. That's that's government issue. issued. Yeah. yeah. It's part of your uniform, bro. They make you wear a certain kind of underwear? Yeah. Yeah. Don't they have boxers in a full metal jacket? That's Hollywood stuff, because those guys probably had too big a schlong. You know? That's... Kubrick got him, dude. Come on, it's Kubrick. You don't think they give you an option? Like you no, can pick you're one in the of these, army. You I, can pick one of these two I cuts would be of underwear. Shocked if the Marines no. were allowed to have boxers. I feel like of any of them, the dude. Marines are the ones that are like. Cron, you're getting kicked out of basic in day. Two. I think they give you a choice. <laughs> they don't. They clearly tell you you don't have a choice anymore. Well, what if you're like, I've been wearing boxers my whole life. I can't fucking run in these, dude. Yeah, go run. <laughs> it's too tight. All right. Uh, the feds start looking around, particularly uh, we're introduced to our main fed guy who is going to. Can uh, we pay basic- to send Cron to basic? I'm not going. I won't. I won't make it. <laughs> Too much of a fucking free thinker, dude. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. What I'm wear- good does I'm this wearing do? The boxer briefs. What good does this do? I ain't wearing those, dude. <laughs> fucking a chafe. All right, our main Fed guy, he's going to be used to kind of fill us in exposition-wise throughout this movie. But the other standout part here is there was a uh, there's a reporter with horrible makeup, uh, and the Feds are told that she showed up before anybody, and they start questioning her. She uses the, uh, the First Amendment to get out of this, because apparently she did a nightcrawler and got in there and took a bunch of pictures and shit beforehand. You think that's where they got the idea? Right after she tried to sell a bunch of copper wire or something. (laughs) And don't be mad at her for using the First Amendment. That's every American's right. Yeah, but, you know, this the liberal outlook is kind of what causes a lot of these problems, right? (laughs) That's your First Amendment right to say that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm exercising it. Goddamn right. Hey. Watch on the GDs, dude. Uh, you haven't heard of the First Amendment? Doesn't matter in the Lord's eyes. My religion allows me to. I guess there's also like a whole freedom of press thing, though, that you seem to be steamrolling with this argument. Let me check my 10 over here that should be law and only law. 
that I don't, I don't follow at all. I don't, I don't like that freedom of the press is included with freedom of speech. <laughs> don't you think choosing your underwear would be freedom of speech? No. No, that's Did expression. You... Still covered. Even, Kron, to be fair, I know you have that tattoo that says, I let my dick do the talking. <laughs> that's weird because mine says, I let my dick do the fucking. I draw like a burning flag on my boxer briefs, though. <laughs> so it kind of is freedom of speech. I kneel during the national anthem every time I put my underwear on. I'm trying to think what would be easier to kneel in, the boxers or the briefs. I legit have not worn brief, like old school skinny guy briefs since I was maybe 10. I, did, have we talked about what we wear? I think, Kron, you are a boxer guy, right? No, I'm boxer brief. Yeah. Oh, I'm boxer brief. I feel like most people are. Most men. I most. tried. I tried, like, old school briefs for a bit, and they were just too... It wasn't yeah. comfortable, man. Yeah. I did. This, I tried in my 20s, too. I was like, this will be kind of hip and kind of sexy, you know? And it, it just doesn't work. If your thighs touch, it's not. It's no good. <laughs> now, how long are you guys on your leg length? Are you shorter or longer? Uh, I'm the longer. I'm the longer. Yeah, the little. Is it the jockey cut? Is that yeah, the short? It's kind that's, of like the shorter ones. Again, that's a that's a skinny guy thing. I, think I feel mine, like. I think mine push are up too much. Mine's yeah. got to be at least like a five. I would think like five inch inseam. Yeah. They're not like as long as basketball shorts, but well, mine's got to be eight like you're or lying about all that big hog stuff. Though. That's what I was going to say. Mine's got to be eight or nine because my dick's not coming through it. So mine hangs out the bottom, dude. Karan, you just said five. That I said that was the inseam. On this podcast. I said it was the inseam. All those jokes stop right now. I didn't tell you <laughs> that says nothing about where my dick ends up. Uh, Bones, make sure you turn that up to 10 whenever we have that. On the on the edit, I don't take editing orders from you. I'll, I'll send you money. Okay, thank you. That's how it works. Don't tell Kron. Yeah, I guess now the the listeners gonna know too that we we edit so much. Like we feed each other jokes and stuff all the time. Like it's not mm-hmm. like one of us is like substantially funnier than the other two. It's like it's a this, this a is lot of these are written. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how good we are. Like we know that when to hit the uhs and hums and like that those, audible those spaces. That you heard a few weeks ago from me that was bigger than the explosion in Oppenheimer. Yeah. On cue. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was idea one we wrote on the big board and, for season and, two. And expensive because we had Weta do like a visual for it. For the audio people, like to Foley too, right? It wasn't just like here's the audio, put that in there. We we shot a scene uh, with the Avatar uh, technology. Yeah, that was a twelve hour day. I mean, yeah, just the talk, just in that room oh, yeah. on with that whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Fucking wild! It was like the Fury Road writers' room. Yeah, James took, Cameron was pissed. It took almost as long. 
to fill to film Invasion USA as it did for us to come up with that fart bit. <laughs> All right, Chuck is wrangling a gator, and I mean this for real. Like it looks like Chuck Norris is going full Steve uh, Irwin on this thing. I did and, read he did most of his own stunts, so it might have been him. Hell yeah. I mean, it so, looked like kind of a older, sicklier gator. I mean, <laughs> that wasn't so, like the big one they bring out at the. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, and they even reference that later when they try to sell it. The guy's like, what's, what's wrong with this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many gator shows have you been to, Karan? I mean, I've I see all the highlights on the internet. <laughs> Some dumbass thinks he can pull his head out of there. I just watched the prelims. <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I watched the time trials for Gator Wrestling. Oh, it's like the you know the old school Japanese uh, uh, Ninja Warrior. Like mm-hmm. you just want to watch that first episode because that's that's where they run everybody through really quick and everybody fucks up. I was looking for that the other day. Like, can I watch the old school jewelry or anywhere? If you got it, hit me up on discords. (laughs) All right. Uh, We're introduced to John Eagle, which is was Chuck's buddy. Who's helping him cage up this gator. We cut back over to Lynch. He shows up to a prostitution den, which is disguised as a hotel. He's here to make a drug deal. Classic. We learned pretty quickly that uh, he and his team are trading these drugs. Those are called uh, sex sanctuaries. <laughs> we did name them that, didn't we? <laughs> I don't even remember what episode that was. <laughs> it was recent. That was a Thunder in Paradise, I think. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they, the Vietnam. <laughs> Because they they didn't say whorehouse, and we were we're not sure if whorehouse is still acceptable or not. It is. Anyway, uh, these this gang of of people they are trading drugs for some weaponry. So, uh, classic Iron Contra shit right here. Um. So, Lynch goes in. There's a guy sitting behind a desk. He looked kind of familiar, but I didn't look him up. I feel like he's Yeah, that guy looked real familiar to me too, but I'm I don't know who it is. He's gotta wow. just be in like a ton of shit, I yeah. would imagine. I almost thought for a second, I was like, is he the main guy in Action USA? Is he like Max Dad from It's Always Sunny? He had the same crazy eyes. No, I don't think it's that guy. No. But Okay. Uh Dan, if you're IMD being it, I would say uh drug dealer. Um Maybe start there. I don't think anybody got any names. I think it's just reporter, federal agent. I don't know if anybody actually has a, a character name. Rostov? So, okay. Uh, your mains. <laughs> God. You keep me on my toes, Kron. I appreciate it. Keep me honest. This was a drug dealer? Yeah. Or he was a weapons dealer, right? I guess technically. He's a he's, dealer. He's getting he's getting drugs for guns. Which is what Walgreens will be soon enough in red states. Mm-hmm. 
No such luck? All right, I'm going to keep pushing. All right. Keep going. I got a lot to Set go the scene there. here. Your classic uh, desk setup. Guy behind the desk. Lynch comes in, drops the bag. They start looking through the drugs. He's excited. They make a phone call. Gustav's number two, Nico, or actually a different guy is at uh, the gun warehouse. So the whole thing is like, yeah, you've brought me the drugs. Now the guys are clear to take the guns. Well, the drug dealer's got uh, his his main squeeze, I guess, hanging out. And he has her do a few lines to kind of test. And it must be good enough shit because she just starts hitting multiple lines. The guy comes around to thank Lynch. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Lynch is like, nah. Fucking slams the dude up against the wall, then slams the uh, the cokehead lady's head down, knocking the coke straw up her nose. I don't know. It reminds me of a pretty popular pencil trick. Time to the, uh, return to the old Christopher Nolan stole this bit on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not dead, apparently, because after Rustoff shoots this guy in the dick three times with his own gun... And then the two bodyguards outside, he finds it necessary to throw this lady out the window. Uh, no no witnesses, baby. No. Fair, well, he does leave the uh, hotel operator uh, alive because this guy comes in and takes the gym bag full of drugs. And that's Her sort of the. Maria Dessette. I did find that. Okay, cool. That. Uh, that answered the question. Counterman is Roberto Rodriguez, but that's the only thing that I could see that would be there. Okay. And he's only been in some Spanish films and invasion. Oh, I've seen USA. those. <laughs> yeah, he's very worldly. Kron's very yeah, worldly. Na- name one. Uh, El Seven Mo Angel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love the it. Seventh Angel. El Cunito in Ovidable de la Habla. Not as good as L7 Mole Angel. Yeah. Well, that's the cutie with the big O titties. <laughs> and then the other one's just blank. Okay. Oh, his best one. <laughs> it's no just title. light. He just filmed light. <laughs> you just go in there and have a religious experience. It's like the fucking uh, sunroom and sunshine. All right. Again, back to the swamp. Chuck and his buddy, John Eagle, they're selling the gator to a reluctant buyer. John Eagle offers Chuck a frog dinner. Mm. Dan, would you eat a frog dinner? No. I don't know. I bet I know somebody who would. Knows how to cook them up real good. How you boys doing? I knew it. I I set this up, Dan. I, I perfectly timed this. You don't know. I called him last week. Oh. It worked out perfect. Cajun Cron, oh my gosh, you're here. In the what flesh. A su- what a surprise. Because I'm not wearing a thing. Whoa. No? Nope. Uh, so you answer the question then, boxes or briefs. You're uh, nada. No. Free balling. It's so hot down there, though. That's why you got to do it. Well, I would think your balls would stick to your inside of your thigh. Well, not if you don't have pants on. You take big, wide steps. (laughs) Big, wide steps? Like you're trying to avoid calling a sandworm in Dune? You do those big sort of 
unrhythmic. What do you think they got it? <laughs> You've seen Dune? I've seen Dune. That's just asking. I, I practically you, live Dune. I didn't think you'd like a sand <laughs> movie. How do you live Dune? Oh, I take big wide steps. I gotta avoid swamp monsters. Yeah, we got big fucking worms down here. I'm not gonna argue. You ever ride one of those worms? I fucking inhale spice when I'm cooking. <laughs> fucking breathe it in. Fucking Creole seasoning? Uh-huh. Just doing rails? Oh. I just <laughs> bury my nostrils in there and, and breathe deep. So you're tasting. What do you mean? What do you so mean you're not gonna eat my frog dinner? I don't eat how, meat. How are you? Sorry. How are you preparing it? How do you want them prepared? How do you Fried, normally do sauteed, it? Sautéed. Keep grilled. going. I want to hear the options. Sous vide. <sighs> Just cook them up real quick. Dust a little beignet powder on them. I mean, I'll try them, but. You goddamn right you'll try them. How is it a dinner? Like, is it... You just eat yeah. a lot of frog, dude. <laughs> okay. They're small. You gotta... You have to eat 20, 30 frog. I just wonder if there's like a side or if it's a stew. I don't... You know? So they're you like just, a McNugget. You just set a box out overnight. You're gonna end up with a box full of frogs down here. <laughs> I didn't know if it was maybe a chili... No, you just cook up the frog, and then you eat them. Frog leg, frog middle, frog head. You could eat the whole frog, really. I was going to ask, do you just eat the whole thing? Well, if they're small enough. <laughs> you pop them like fucking popcorn chicken. You don't let the little ones back out in the wild so they can grow bigger? There's so many. <laughs> I could eat them every day like this. It won't make a dent. Skin on? Uh, yeah, I'll leave your skin on. Okay. Would you... Would you skin your frogs first? I mean, you de-feather a chicken, right? Well, you don't I mean, de-skin you, you, it. You don't eat the leather hide of a cow. Well... You should might be pretty good. I don't know. You could eat a... You could eat that... <laughs> People don't because their jaws are weak. Yeah, I think that's a Werner Herzog thing. Oh, yeah, he eating shoes. Cajun Crime, did you watch this week's uh, homework? Did you come prepared? Had you, had you seen Invasion USA before? Yes, it's one of uh, three VHS tapes that I own. Okay. Kind of required viewing down there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's like a... Well, I don't know. I think he's more of a Florida man than a Louisiana say, this man. Is, this is Miami. This is a okay. Scarface story. It's close enough, though. I mean, he's he's riding around on a fan boat that he calls an air boat. That's the major difference. <laughs> how, uh, I mean, how long do you guys normally make it in the movie? 25 minutes and then you kind of shut it off? Because there's not a lot of swamp stuff. Yeah, I got like a super cut of just swamp stuff. Okay. What's the swampiest movie that you like to watch? Hmm. Well, it's a triple X feature. I don't know if you guys cover those. <laughs> Not yet. No, I think if we do a Patreon, it'll be a porno. 
Okay, that's good. I'll come back for the porno conversation. You got to pay, though. I don't have to pay. You got to pay. That's how we make money on the Patreon. People come in yeah, and talk what, about the porno with that us. That is. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to pay to watch my own porno. Are you crazy? No. <laughs> don't we don't all pay act- an emotional price every time we, we watch a porno? I was going to say, don't act like you've never paid to watch a porno. Uh, well, I paid the one time, you know, eighty nine ninety nine. But <laughs> once I got it, it's mine now. I can watch it when I want. Now, when you go out into the bayou and you throw out a bag of, of old porn for all the little bayou kids, mm-hmm. do you have to double bag that stuff just to be safe? Yeah, you got, I mean, you, you more just sink it into the swamp and then you, uh, you know, you hang like a baba off the top of it okay. so people can find it. Is there a certain color that needs to know that that would be porn? Oh, I got these little, I got these novelty nude lady babas that I use. Nice. Just looks like a, a, a titty bouncing in the water. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're oh, yeah. fun. They're fun. <laughs> like if, if you just find a baba, you could have a good time. Always looking out for the little man. Mm-hmm. Cajun Cron, I pre- you know, in case the line it. separates or something. That's fair. Thanks for coming by, buddy. I appreciate it. Oh well, thank you. I uh, can't wait to watch pornography and eat popcorn frog with you boys. Can't wait. I'll watch can't the porn. You guys, around. you guys can have my uh, save the frog. All right, I, I'll just say uh, etouffee bones, etouffee day, etouffee cage crime. All right. Later that night, we see some suit rowing a boat up to Chuck's cabin. He snoops around inside a little bit. He he checks out Chuck's pet armadillo. And then uh, from the shadows, Chuck pops out, gets him in a headlock. I'm not interested. The company really needs Chuck this time. It's special. Rustoff, he's back. He's in the country. You should have let me kill him when I had the chance. Now he's your problem. Oh, calm down, Chuck. <laughs> get so agitated, buddy. Flashback. You see some diplomatic meeting between a, a U.S. ambassador and some uh, foreign president. And I apologize for saying foreign president because they're in that president's respective country, I believe. I just don't know what, what particular nation. So excuse me. Uh, we see Rustoff sneaking around the back of the building. And he's got his first of many RPGs. He's about Weapon to take a shot. Choice. Hell yeah. This is RPG the movie, right? Yeah, well, it makes, I mean, it just makes running the storyline a lot easier when you get those unlocks, so. Yeah, but you can't get S+. plus. Well, but you could still, you know. You still have a still good have time. a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean. 100%. You guys would play Invasion USA? The game? Yeah. You could probably make a pretty kick-ass game based on Invasion USA. I will say this. Uh, I got knocked for a Kubrick um, comparison in the first episode of Thunder in Paradise. Did I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, that's only fair. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that there is some framing in Invasion USA 
that is quite incredible. A lot of the action is truly in camera and you see some crazy shit, specifically later on with a security guard and an explosion. But the framing on Rustov in the back of this uh, uh, diplomatic headquarters or whatever, the way that the camera holds up on him running, setting aside, and then turning, and almost like a modern over-the-shoulder video game, you getting to see him aim the RPG, I thought was subtle and probably at the time was really cheap and easy to do, but it was super effective. Anyway, he's, I guess what he's trying to do is he's got the two diplomats in his sights, but there's a security guard walking back and forth. I think he's waiting for this guy to clear out so he gets a clean shot. But unfortunately, Chuck shows up. Not this time, Rustoff. Hunter, it's time to die. But Chuck, for some reason, can't shoot him. And instead, he just kicks him. And this kick... It knocks Rustoff awake from his nightmare. Uh, Nico, is number two, runs in, says, oh, it's the dreams again. He says, no, nah, the nightmare. And this starts Rustoff on a whole tangent about, we cannot continue this operation while the best agent of all time is out there. He, he fucking, he tasks him. He's like, sir, 007 doesn't even matter. We're in Miami. Yeah, but Bond's been to Florida. You never know. International. Baby. All right, so Nico talks Rustoff out of out of going after Hunter first. We see Chuck enjoying some uh, morning swamp air, and he decides to do some of his daily chainsaw, uh, chainsawing. <laughs> so this is what the Louisiana chainsaw task you know I think this is some fancy shit I've heard of Texas chainsawing but or I guess it's Miami right so this would be this is Florida chainsawing Florida chainsawing Um, that's a small chainsaw or is Chuck just bigger just like a small piece of driftwood or something okay Uh, it's it's kind of unclear what he's doing this for I guess firewood maybe to maybe for the the shrimp bo- uh boil later yeah i guess i mean how much so, firewood would you need in florida <laughs> like three weeks out of the year you gotta who yeah. would want to fucking live where he lives i don't know i i guess it's to make himself just completely off the grid and unfindable maybe is that the action trope here yeah i guess i mean yeah yeah so while he's doing this chainsawing, we we see him get a little kick out of his armadillo spilling the milk all over the place. It's pretty cute. It's cute as hell, dude. Yeah, it was. But uh, him running this chainsaw, he can't hear the fucking fleet of fan boats. Oh shit! Rustoff did convince Nico. Rustoff and some goons are coming after him. They know where he's at. The commies arrive just as John Eagle does. John Eagle yells at Hunter, gives him fair warning, and actually shoots two of Rustoff's goons, but they fire back, killing John Eagle. Yeah, they get the drop on John Eagle, and he takes out, like, two or three guys. Hell yeah, There's, like, eight people shooting at him. Mm -hmm. His name's John Eagle, Karan. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, sheer numbers. 
he shouldn't have gotten a shot off. It's fucking he's, weird. He's up against a firing line of fan boats, dude. <laughs> Terrible shots. But uh, quite honestly, the rest of Rustov's team, they don't need to be good shots because they got fucking RPGs, dude. And they blow the shit out of Matt Hunter's cabin. But luckily, Chuck jumps out just in time. And with instead of confirming that he's dead and identifying a body, Rustov and the guys drive off. Don't worry, everybody. We see that the armadillo was okay. Thank God. Chuck picks up John Eagle's dead body, puts him in the cabin, and sets the remaining structure ablaze. He hops in a fan boat, and he heads off to do what he should have done years ago. He gets into town. Uh, we see John Eagle's, like, one of many businesses, I guess. And I'm assuming what's John Eagle's truck out in front of the thing. It's a cool truck. Very cool truck. Rustoff and his number two, Nico, they are enjoying a beachside hot dog. Don't worry, guys. I've already put it on the list. As you uh, should have. Yep. And Rustoff begins to explain that America has not been invaded in over 200 years. And that they are their own worst enemy. We see a couple enjoying a nighttime swim and bone session. Um, cool uh, 80s tech with the uh, portable television watching some late night Johnny Carson ripoff, I guess. Yeah. How many, question one, how okay. many D batteries do you think that TV eats through in a night? Uh, you could tell me it'd be eight. You could tell me it would be 20. Uh, and I would believe you either way. I know you're getting a minute per battery, right? And follow-up question, when they're done with those batteries, they just chuck them into the ocean, right? 100, I mean, 100%. <laughs> the fish like them. It, it builds a, it makes a, the sand. makes a coral structure. Yeah. Well, you don't want to carry them back if they're dead. I mean, mm -hmm. it adds, you know, easily eight pounds to the device. Well, Dan, that's a good thought. Do they bury them in the sand? Do do the turtles use the the uh, the batteries as like little signifiers where they should lay their eggs? <laughs> they come up and start digging around, and if they know, like they see, they feel a D battery that uh, grounds Just keeping or, that spot a little the, warm. Yeah, <laughs> I think if there's a, I think if the. You know, if this guy is involved, he's chucking him into the ocean. It's just fun throwing stuff into the ocean, right? I mean, well, you you and you also don't want to take them home and get them mixed up with the good batteries. Mm -hmm. It's not like a D battery you can put on your tongue and test if it's still good. Mm -hmm. She probably he's probably superiority like, babe, of the nine volt. In. She like like it barely hits the water, and then he's like, "Watch this!" He really whips it. Mm -hmm. Throws it's his fucking shoulder bad. out. She's like, I'm going to fuck you all over again. Mm -hmm. Nico walks up, shoots these two uh, mid-bone. And dudes, it's the titular invasion. It's happening. We see hundreds of commies arrive from the ocean. They run onto the shore. And then onto uh, the, the forest or into the forest that I guess is adjacent to the beach. Wasn't quite Small. sure the the geography here, but there's a whole fleet of trucks, delivery vans, U-Hauls, all sorts of different vehicles, and 
uh, like we talked about earlier, there's some ADR explaining that each of these vehicles is going to a different city, Chicago, Las Vegas. The next day, the government suit that we saw from before, he shows up to find Chuck uh, fueling up on some food and a beer. And uh, Chuck says he's taking the uh, the assignment, but as always, he's working alone. And he leaves his poor suit to pay for his meal. The feds show up on the beach and... I don't know. I think it's cool, dude. Mm -hmm. I'd do that to one of you guys if you showed up and... (laughs) Well, if I was sending you on a suicidal mission, mm-hmm. it'd be the least I could do. I'm putting it on the company card. We got a company card? We have a 5DR credit card, yes. I didn't get one. It, it's a card, Dan. When Okay. <laughs> When's my turn? I have it. It's in all three of our names. It's my middle name, your first name, Kron's last name. I should probably cut that out. So anyway, here's last my four seven eight nine. It's security Kron's code seven. Middle, last name, which is Howard. It's my middle name. It's my middle name, which nobody knows. Uh, Some people know my first Bones. name. Nobody Napoleon. knows. Napoleon. Laundry Bones Howard. All right. The feds are trying to identify all these boats that were used. Uh, one guy's got some serial numbers. His boss tells him, figure out where these damn things were bought. This, these seem to be U.S. made. We see our reporter from earlier. She's on the scene, too, and she notices Chuck. She calls him How Cowboy. How not? He stands out anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She tries to make contact with him. She's blocked by some some agents, and then we see that Chuck has disappeared like a ghost. It's on, dudes. We're in the suburbs. Oh, oh by the way, is this ghost fucking... protocol in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is post. Well, he doesn't do the Ethan Hunt. He's not rogue. Right. He's just... Uh... So he's Mission Impossible 3, Ethan Hunt, where he's out of field duty. Well, I guess uh, Ethan's still working for IMF. He's a trainer. Mm-hmm. When when he inevitably comes back and does Mission Impossible 11 when he's 80, that's when he'll be fully retired. You think he'll do one he, and he's like, I'm really going to like die in this stunt. <laughs> I'm old enough now. I don't see how he'll stop. I, I, he'll stop unless they kill him off. And I think even if they kill him off, they'll figure a way to bring him well, back. Well, weren't they, weren't they already like these These two are going to be the last two in the series? And they weren't even, they like press day one for Dead Reckoning. They were like, nobody ever said that. Yeah. Like, we're absolutely making more Mission Impossible movies. I think you're fully retired if you have a pet armadillo fair enough because if yeah if he was like on standby he wouldn't need to be making bank catching gators unless he's doing that for fun i think he's just i think he's just having a good time down there he just doesn't like eating frogs he likes all the other (laughs) bayou activities what a miserable existence 
I would I would rather live in like a hundred and twenty degree desert than a swamp. I don't know. What are you gonna I, do for water? Um I have a suit that recycles my sweat and piss. You ever seen uh, Dune? No, that was Cajun Cron that knew Dune. You don't know Dune. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that shit, dude. I think I'm going with the swamp. You got you got food and water sources. I mean, I mean, Cajun Cron said you put a box out; it'd be full of frogs in the morning. They're not good. It's I think to keep you alive. I think I'd rather die in seven days in the desert than live a lifetime in the swamp. That's brutal. We're so close to a pee break. Come on. You should apologize to our Cajun listeners. He knows I'm putting on a front. Guys, did you know this was a Christmas movie? I do now that you're saying it. (laughs) Yeah. Add it to the list. Because we cut to the suburbs. It appears to be somewhere a little bit cooler. Because everybody's kind of wearing sweaters. Our bad guys are wearing sweet leather jackets. We're on this, uh, like a fork in the road in the suburbs. We get this, a lot of activity. There's a little teenage couple making out in a car. Why would you pick this spot to make out? There's literally 15 neighborhood kids playing like every form of football, kickball. Like every game is happening at once. You've asked the question, so I'm inclined to try to answer. I think she was supposed to be home. And they he probably does parked. Say five more minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe you can't stop ten feet up the road. <laughs> well, maybe it's that thing where your parents are like, "Be home by nine. and she's like, "I was home. I was just out in the car." Right? Yeah, like I was. The- I was technically home. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that seems worse. Kron, get your lady, pull out in front of the, your house, do some necking, and see, see how that, long it takes one of your neighbors to you get. call the cops. I just come inside the house. Why would I want to set out in the car? <laughs> Feel young again, dude. Fucking yeah. sh- throw put my little, back out. Trying put, to put a little spice back my wife. in the thing. You don't give your wife lean, like a smooch in the car? Lean over the fucking center console. Fucking crack a rib. How big is your fucking center console, dude? You got an <laughs> F-250? There's a TV in there that runs off of 33D <laughs> batteries. Jeez. You just road rage and throw those batteries at people when they're yeah. when they're dead? Yeah. That's a Philly road rage, right? Throwing mm-hmm. batteries and shit? Yeah, chucking batteries at people. Hey, speaking of Chuck... We're talking Invasion USA. Um, the main thing we see here is a, a family decorating an outdoor tree. A little girl asks if she can put the uh, star up this year, and the boy says, no, I'm doing it this year. She says, you did it last year. He says, well, I'm older. That's that's 100% correct children dialogue. <laughs> and uh, this dad with no backbone, he's just letting this fucking go on 
Mom says it's time to come in for dinner. We see the little girl sneak out real quick. And as she's about to put this angel or star on top of the tree, Rustoff and a few other people show up. And again, RPG City, man. I think they blow up seven houses. And when I say this shit is in camera, it looks like Richard Lynch is shooting a fucking RPG at some houses. Um, they blew them up. Yeah, it looks awesome. Maybe the my favorite sequence of the movie. Okay. Um, Didn't they find like a neighborhood that was going to be demolished? And they were. I guess, the, awesome. I guess the city was like, you're doing work for us. Fucking awesome. They allowed it. I think this was Georgia, Atlanta, I believe. And uh, so they take off. We get a cool, cool pan shot of them driving out of the neighborhood and then it pans back out or back around on this corner and you get to see like the little girl's okay the girl that was making out was okay some people running across a reporter shows up to a community center um uh, seems like a, a latin community center maybe puerto rican or or cuban and the people are having a good time there's two guys one of them's trying to hassle the other one to go talk to this one girl that he thinks is cute. It's a cool little scene. And they're outside the community center and a cop car rolls up. And this breaks my heart. Uh, one of these guys says, could you just leave us alone? Man, could you quit messing with us? And and I'm not being f- fun here. Like this, this did like make me sad that this is like, yeah, it's probably a real thing that happens fucking every day, right? And these cops don't react. They just fucking stare them down. And at this point, we realize these ain't cops because these dudes pull out shotguns, start unloading on these on these kids. They leave a few witnesses and they drive off. When the actual real police try to show up, the people rightfully sort of riot against them, start throwing stuff at them, and the real cops drive away. We see Chuck driving through a very shitty part of town. We see some hookers, some pimps, just generic street trash, people throwing shit at his truck, yelling at him. Like my side of town, man. Some yeah. Some ladies of the night fighting amongst each other. He pulls up to this bar and goes inside. Uh, he has a run in with a bouncer or somebody who doesn't like the look of him. Guy tries to give Chuck some shit and he does a cool move here where he just squeezes the guy's own hand into a beer bottle. He goes and he finds a a contact through the conversation. We realize like this guy owes Chuck because Chuck saved his ass in South America. This guy says, I don't know much. What I can tell you is I saw some faces around the King Cobra. They looked professional to me. We see the feds showing up to the community center and the reporter fills us in. And through this, we get some ex like, you know, some fill in exposition that basically this is going on everywhere. And there's 20 attacks in Miami every day alone. It's fucking chaos out there. So if there were 20 attacks yesterday, why was the community center still open? Does seem like it takes a while for martial law or even a curfew to kick in. Mm-hmm. But who am I? I'm not a fucking military advisor in 1985. How'd they handle it in that, uh, shit, what was that guy? Batista movie we watched. No, Bushwick? Yeah. Was well, was New York under, like, 
curfew and shit. It's every man for himself. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, but I mean, Bushwick is in real time. So like it, it's immediate. So the, the response in Bushwick is, uh, substantially better yeah, than I what happens in invasion that's USA. the whole end of the movie right like the like the army comes in to like squash that shit yeah there's like a there's a a dmz basically where they're trying to yeah. tell people if you can't get to we're gonna evacuate from this area man that's a good fucking movie <laughs> god that's a good fucking movie all right so um Then there's this weird fucking time jump. Because it was night this whole time. And then we cut and we see the commies enjoying a like the comfort of a beachside resort. In the heat of the day, they're watching an outdoor TV, which is talking. It's generic canon reporter stuff about all the attacks. Rustoff's just uh, generic canon news channel. It's great. Yeah. Um. And then Nico shows up and gives that tall, lanky uh, commie guy that we talked about, the one that kept firing his 50 cal. He's in like a Speedo, just going full fucking uh, vacation and doing some suntanning. But Nico shows up and gives him a Christmas present. So he's hint, probably a briefs guy, huh? Hint, hint. He's wearing that Speedo. I feel like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that necessarily... You don't think there's a correlation? Uh, no, I think there's a confidence level with the speedo. That's I, I don't know. I, it's a different level of comfort, you know. I feel like a speedo guy is probably more apt to be uh, going commando. Like nah. my logic is like he wants to wear as least least as possible. Maybe it's a tan thing though, like. Just wants his all of his legs tan. I wear the old school like blue and white stripe. Like it starts at the knees and it goes up to your <laughs> shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like the onesie. Like a wrestling yeah. singlet. One piece. Mm-hmm. Bring it back, dude. It's your body. Hey, yeah. they're built for swimming. I mean, mm-hmm. it's America. There's no ozone left. Right, it's better than boiling alive, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some fucking Our sunscreen. Bayou frog getting cooked up like a chicken nugget. All right, and then it's night again. I don't know if it's a different night or what, but we're back to Chuck showing like, he's because he's going to show up at the King Cobra here in a minute. So we're at the King Cobra. There is a guy washing his convertible outside. And another car shows up and, and knocks over his fucking wash bucket. Incredibly disrespectful. It These looks like dudes, he's done with his car, though. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe he's one of those guys that just does a section at a time. I guess. Right? Because you never. He's Miami, you know, he doesn't want it to get water spots. Yep. He doesn't know when he's got to go slap a bitch around. So he doesn't want to have to, like, rinse off the entire thing. So just do a panel at a time. I tried to wash my truck last weekend and it it just spotted up before I could even like I was doing a section at a time mm-hmm. and I still got spots. You know what I've been doing? I go huh. to I go to the car wash because I know that they're going to have the rinse free, but I bring my bucket with soap. I don't use the brush 
something because you know you don't know what's in that, right? Yeah, it could be a bunch of rocks and yeah, nails and exactly. Shit in there. But uh, so I've just been, I'll run it for the minimum and and rinse it, put the soap on there, rinse it a bunch of times, then I'll hand wash it, and then I run it again and I'll rinse it off, and then I do the spot free rinse. And if there's nobody behind me, I'll shammy it right there. But it's worth the ten bucks. I should have just waited for a cloudy day. It was like not a cloud in the sky. I was like, this is wrong. This is not going to work. Should just stop because you drive a truck. I want to look good. No. Got to make out with my lady in there, dude. I mean, you just said you're not making out with your lady. Dan, a clean car everywhere, dude. Clean car is a healthy car. Yeah. It's important. It's important to make out. You, people, you people, clock in, you clock out. No, people lose that spark, man. You find What's a corner. A spark? Um, we don't have time. We're so close to a pee break. All right, so the 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 goons that ran over the wash bucket, they go inside the King Cobra. We don't really know who these guys are, but the main guy, he's immediately smitten with some old uh, hooker. Can we get into the King Cobra? Yeah, I could. I think we could. <laughs> I think that stash is doing eighty percent of the work for you, Cron. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to say a word, dude. Just yep. walk right in. Although, no, like this guy won't bother anybody. He'll sit at the bar and just he'll throw twenties at the ladies. He won't touch mm-hmm. anybody. Drink Budweiser yep. all night. You got the face of of a of a guy who's just watching, but he ain't interacting, and they're fine with that. I feel like that bar. I'd gotta drink like a like a greyhound or something you know you're not going to that bar to enjoy your drink (laughs) I'll have tequila straight yeah alright this main guy uh, he decides to hook up with some old hooker she takes him upstairs they start making out and stuff she touches his hand which is already pre-bandaged like it's already injured from something I don't know if this was a cut from something before. I don't know. But he throws her onto the bed and then he start he sits down to fucking Mr. Rogers like take off his shoes and get undressed and shit. You know. It's nice that he's like he doesn't have so much blood in his dick that he can think logically like let me sit down, untie my shoes, not just like pull my feet out cuz I'll be mad at myself later when I got to untie them before I put them back on. Let mm-hmm. me don't I don't want to scuff my snake skins. Plus, I don't. I want to fold up my my suit. I don't want to get all wrinkled. All right. So he's sitting in the corner getting undressed when fucking Chuck comes out of nowhere with a knife, stabs this dude's hand at the table. It's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, he wants he wants some information. He knows that this guy works for Rustoff. He's being a little coy. In the screaming, the lady runs down the stairs and she goes and gets the guy who was washing his car. He comes up with his fucking thumb meathead of a goon. And uh, the most badass line of the movie is uh, uh, he tells the guy, uh, if you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left, which is fucking cool. Uh, he a uh, letterbox review that had that quote and then said, Chuck Norris's politics. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
Uh, he easily takes out these two guys. He gets some information from this guy, but the basically, basically the guy's like, I, I know where he's supposed to be, but I think he's gone already. So he's kind of like trying to excuse himself from ultimately giving up where Rustoff is. Uh, but before Chuck leaves, he pulls the pin on a grenade, makes the guy hold it, and uh, he says, if you live through this, tell Rustoff it's time to die. And uh, like Chuck pulled the pin on that grenade, guys, it's time for us to pull the pin on our bladders and take a pee break. Hey, welcome back. Uh, that was a very quick pre, uh, pee break, and in no way is this 20 minutes uh, after a conversation that turned into something that we decided has to be cut. That does not happen. We don't we don't go off on huge tangents that uh, are so bad. Even we are like, no, we've got to cut that out. So yeah, so this is this is definitely 30 seconds later. You've just hit that button one time. It was like we never even took a pee break the genius of editing or not editing welcome back five day rentals we're talking invasion usa but before we move on dan where can the people find us hey you guys can hit us up on instagram that's probably the best place uh letterbox is a good place to find us bones just added this movie on uh his to the hot dog list we dead we dogs and hot dogs that has a hot dog in it is that Word? Or a dead dog. Or a dead dog. Hot dogs or dead dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have on the the five-day rentals one a list of movies that feature Sylvester Stallone's Playgirl edition. Uh, we have only two so far, but we're doing the research. And if you know of one, hit us up. And where can they hit yeah. us up? Where can they? If you have a copy, hit us up on our Discord. That's where to really fuck with us. And... Uh, there's a link to that on every episode that drops on Wednesdays for five-day rental episodes. And like I said, rate and review the show. It helps us out, please. The sooner you get on Discord, the sooner you can get in and start engaging with Kron before he learns how to turn off the notifications. Mm-hmm. I still haven't figured it because, out. Because so, <laughs> I'll see your message if you type it out there. Because uh, if, if, if you ask a question, uh, within 30 seconds, you will see... Cron typing. And if you're me, you go, let me just wait. Let me hold back because he's going to drop some gold. It's like I hate the notifications, but I just keep getting roped back in. You got, dude. It. I mean, you got it. Yeah. Did you see that? You people, you people keep setting me up. I'm going to keep knocking them down. That's <laughs> I don't sweet know what to say. Little skeleton action figure that I had uh, Davis tag you. Mm-hmm. He posted that in another one. I was like, you got to show Cron that, dude. You love it. All right, guys. Invasion USA. When we left off, Chuck had uh, interrogated uh, a pimp or somebody for some information, left him with a hand grenade. Uh, but don't worry. <laughs> Chekhov's hand grenade. This thing immediately, immediately explodes. And when it does, it is thrown uh, out the window and into that nice, clean Cadillac sitting outside the King Cobra. They don't leave you hanging for long, guys. We're at the mall. Again, this is a Christmas movie. We see people 
these dirty capitalists spending their 80s cash. That mall is packed. Like, it is wall-to-wall people. I've never seen that many people in a mall before. You guys know how many days they filmed in this mall? 27. If the whole thing was eight months, I would guess two months. (laughs) Eight days. Okay. That's not that crazy to me, because what's coming is great 80s carnage, guys. All right. When we enter this mall, we we see a shitty little brat who goes up to this kick-ass Nissan 4x4 pickup. He throws his fucking shitty little Topps gum onto the windshield of this thing and uh, gets the attention of a security guard. The security guard being distracted allows our skinny, lanky, Russian commie, now freshly tanned in the Miami sun, to drop off his Christmas package bomb. But uh, there's a good Samaritan couple who happens to be shopping for somebody else who notices the stranger leave the package. This This, guy uh, is is one of my favorite characters in the whole movie. This guy is damn determined to get this guy's package back to him. Your package! You forgot your package! (laughs) Sir, Sir, slow down! Sir, slow slow down! down. It is a full-on chase. And yeah, our commie dude running away is also fucking hysterical because he's like looking back at the guy and but also not sure where to go. I think he runs through like a picture with Santa thing or something. (laughs) And this alerts the security guards. So now the security guards and the Good Samaritan are chasing him. They run all the way through the mall. They get to a certain point and a bunch of other communist terrorists jump out with a bunch of AK-47s and shoot into the crowd. But uh, I, do, I do love that the security guard was chasing him and the guy is still like he's behind the security guard like, sir, sir. <laughs> yeah, that he's would be like fucking Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber, dude. Yeah, that's like if somebody left their cell phone or a cup of coffee on top of their car and started to drive away. And you were driving after them trying to get their attention, but then a cop starts to pull them over for speeding and you pull over behind the cop, you know, and say, hey, like, it's good. It's a mute point by that point. Move on. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, unfortunately, this bomb explodes. Uh, but right as it does, Chuck shows up, drives through the glass door in his truck. How did he know any of this was happening? Okay, this is where I had to back up. I think this is, I think the guy he stabbed in the hand, I think he told him where the next op was. Okay. Because Rustoff questions him later, and he's like, you're the only guy who could have told him. I watched this movie four times. I could never figure it out. Yeah. Did it take you four times to watch this movie one time? No, no. I watched, I at least watched this all the way through twice. I think the other two, I watched like the first half and the second half. So I at least watched this three times all the way through. And there were things like that where I was just like, how the fuck does Chuck know to go to this random ass mall? It makes no sense. But all the subsequent action scenes that he interrupts, 
were you also asking like how did he know about this yeah like okay. the church bomb thing oh i just gave up i because i asked i like i said i backed it up like well, how the fuck did he figure this out but then once you you move on i was like okay the the logic yeah. of this movie is he just there's just so much going on yeah i think he's gonna Jason, happen dude. upon you hit a point in this movie where you're like what is going on but then you pause it and then you're like oh there's still 50 minutes left i don't care anymore like we just power through the end of this bad boy okay so chuck shows up and this is where we get that great look of him in that uh denim top and those dual uzis he starts laying waste to a bunch of dudes now our 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 bomb planter and one other goon, they hop in that sweet Nissan 4x4. They hotwire it, and they take off. Chuck jumps on the side, starts hanging off the side of this truck, and this looks fucking incredible. This thing is blasting through the mall, through fucking sunglass huts, all these little center kiosks, and there are times where you're like, that's fucking Chuck on the side of that thing. There's no way around it. This thing drives through the other exit of the mall and the stuntman is almost run over in this scene. It is wild. So he jumps off the truck. The truck uh, slams into a car into the parking lot. But who else showed up? Our fucking reporter. She's driving a sweet Mustang convertible. The Russian dude, he grabs a... How does she know where to go? I, I think she's just doing some Christmas shopping. She's probably just trying to like do some fucking retail therapy because she has just seen nothing but carnage. Um, so, there, yeah, there's a young passerby who gets caught in this thing. The Russian guy grabs her and he's now holding on to her and he takes off. So it's almost like Maniac Cop 2 where this chick's hanging off the side of this uh, truck and it takes off. Chuck hijacks the reporter's convertible makes chase. Uh, it takes a little bit, but with the reporter's help, they save the lady's life. The chase continues. We see like a late night ball game. Again, why would this, why would these activities still be going on? Uh, who gives a shit? It's a, it's a tournament, dude. Yeah. I mean, we've gone into extra innings, obviously. It's a little world series, man. That's in Omaha. They could be in Omaha. I mean, that's true. The logic Chuck's, of this movie, Chuck's we don't running know. hops all over mm -hmm. the United States. All right. So they finally get this lady back and these guys blow them fucking selves up because the guy riding shotgun, he tries to throw, a, he pulls the pin on a grenade to try to throw a truck, but the truck gets jostled so much. He drops the grenade and this truck explodes right as it slams into a parked car. All right, we're seeing uh, that horny old guy from King Cobra. He's getting interrogated by Rustoff. Rustoff doesn't fucking buy all the bullshit that this guy's feeding him. And I guess it's this. aside from RPGs, Rustoff's move is to shoot you in the dick with your own gun, I guess. He kills this guy. Uh, Rustoff and Nico. It's effective. I mean, 100%. 100%. Uh, Rustoff and Nico, they go on it and they start arguing about killing Chuck. This is where Nico tells us again, 
that Rusov is like a strategic mastermind. This operation is nothing without him. And it, the operation cannot spare him going after uh, Chuck on his own. So the carnage at the mall scene is investigated by our, uh, by our feds. I think in this they say something about the truck was impounded but then stolen. This is a way to explain that Chuck, like how Chuck got the truck back, even though he <laughs> crashed it into like a fucking Lane Bryant in the middle of the mall. And uh, our main Fed guy, he's like, eh, not to worry about it because the National Guard is finally hitting the streets. We see Chuck driving around. All he sees are National Guards, troops, trucks. He stopped at a junction by a National Guard jeep, but one of the troops that gets out, what do you know? It's one of those fucking fake cops that shot up the community center. Chuck is not buying his bullshit, shoots this guy, shoots a bunch of other guys. I thought the first time I watched this that it was like just because the one guy was Asian. (laughs) I thought that's why Chuck was like tipped off. He's either a ninja or a commie. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's the guy that he shoots first. When he, like, leans down in the truck. Yeah. I think he's, like, saying he's going to get his, I don't know, license and registration. His but then he just kind of lays across the seat and shoots this guy. Mm-hmm. If any other movie, if there was somebody with Chuck, they would have had the line where they went, how did you know? And he would have said something like, those aren't issued boots mm-hmm. or something, you know? Like, there'd be some little telltale like yeah. give away what national it. guard do you know that wears flip-flops <laughs> <laughs> all right uh he he ends up just finally executing this guy but gets another guy that was shot up but still alive to talk this guy had on boxers but they only issue briefs 100 <laughs> percent. yep no panty line <laughs> All right, we uh, some helicopters flying overhead. We're starting to get some some discussion about a curfew. Can you hear Nash- those thighs rubbing together? <laughs> those are briefs. It strikes fear to the enemy's heart. Whole platoon of thighs rubbing together. All right, they're basically telling the public, "Fucking stay inside." Please, okay, we advise you not to leave. There's terrorist attacks everywhere. Stay inside. But nope, people got to pray, dude. See this family sneak into a church. Pastor giving a sermon. What do you know? Outside, group of Ruskies. They try to plant a bomb at the front door of this church. The the classic, like, uh, explosive wire reel walk all the way back across the street to blow this thing up. Uh, They hook the thing up to the detonator, but it doesn't fucking work. Pan up. Chuck is on the rooftop above him. Didn't work, huh? (laughs) Throws the fucking... He has the bomb, guys. (laughs) And he throws it down at him. And then he goes, it'll work now. 
And he fucking blows them up with their own bomb. It's fucking great. I guess. <laughs> the dialogue is just so, like, didn't work, huh? <clears throat> now it work will. Now. now it will. Yeah, about halfway through, he just goes to like three word lines. I thought for sure there was going to be uh, an IMDb trivia, Dan, that you're going to give us that's like, Chuck says 46 words through the entire movie. I looked. I didn't find any. Yeah. Well, you should have I was wondering that myself. I was like, how many words did he speak of dialogue in this movie? All right. It's the next day, the next morning. But who fucking knows? But there is a riot at the local grocer as the head grocer is telling these people, because of the supply chain issues, we have no fresh meats or produce. And just to make sure everybody gets some, we're limiting everybody to 12 canned goods. And the people are fucking livid. And some more National Guards. Dude, you buy two bags of rice and six bags of beans, (laughs) you can fucking live. Like, Mm mm-hmm. And you still got four items you can get after that. It's not that bad. I mean, given the circumstance, right? Is this only in Miami? I don't know where they are now or what time in the movie it is anymore. (laughs) They could be in Barstow by now, Dan. I mean, there's no way to tell. I think there's a... They're maybe in the tri-state area because they, they end in Atlanta. I think they might be in Atlanta right now. Okay. You're probably right. But the reporter's there. So we see some National Guard. They're doing patrols on the streets, keeping the peace. We see the reporter show up. She's taking some photos. But again, these aren't real National Guards. They're fucking insurgents, dude. And they go to start shooting up this place. But what do you know it? Chuck shows up. Nico is leading this whole thing. He, uh, in 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 the chaos of this whole thing, he grabs a reporter. Uh, she starts yelling, cowboy, Chuck, help me. He can't be seen. Nico's yelling at him to come out. He sneaks up behind him. Right? Does he shoot him? I don't know. Whatever. He takes fucking forever, and it pisses the fucking reporter off. So even though he saved the reporter's life, she's pissed. She tries to hit him. He just like calmly blocks the punch. She's like, ow. And he apologizes, which almost felt like it wasn't a line of dialogue. It was just Chuck instinctually (laughs) apologizing to a nice lady. She throws a trash can lid at him as he gets back in his truck. The same one uh, Brew blocked that laser with. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I got got something to live up to. I got to get a trash can lid in my film. For next week. All right. We're, I'm pretty sure this is the same family that we saw sneaking into the church, but they are loading their daughter up to a, onto a, a school bus. And I only, I assume to go to the front lines, like they're sending these kids <laughs> to the front or to be taken away and hidden in a, a bunker somewhere. I don't know. Back so to the front. We've got a school bus full of children going down the highway and giving chase is a, uh, Lincoln Town Car. Pick them off one by one. With a with a 
sticky C4 explosive that they arm, drive up next to the bus and stick to the side of it. But what do you know? Chuck shows up, drives up next to the bus, pulls the explosive off of it, speeds up, catches the commie car, throws it on their hood, drives off, boom. Hey, you forgot something. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone get the reference here? The reference? Yeah, the kids are singing, row, row, row your boat. Yeah, but they're not doing it in the round. They're all doing this, like they're all on the same timing. It's Dirty Harry, come on. Oh, oh nice. man, I thought for a second you were going to be like, it's clearly Pinocchio. <laughs> no, Cron. Let it die. I wouldn't say those words ever on this show again. All right. Let's keep up the pace, gentlemen. Chuck investigates the, the I, I guess, would be the aftermath of a slaughter at a fair or an amusement park. Uh, the company suit shows up and says, hey, congrats on getting Nico. Chuck's like, uh, fuck you. For every one I stop, 100 succeed. And he's got to take off roost off. He knows you got to fucking cut the head off this thing. And he slips the suit, a little piece of paper. And he says, these are, these are my plans. The suit's like, uh, they'll fucking never go for this. Like this is suicide. Think of the risks. Chuck says, think of the stakes. He's like, you're not going to put out a fucking live album of this afterwards. (laughs) Hot Lana dudes. The news is reporting that all 50 governors are expected to show up to a newly appointed headquarters to discuss the upcoming martial law and terrorist attacks across the land. Why did they pick Atlanta? Because of the airport? CDC. Uh, CDC. Good call. All right. Chuck is minding his own business. He's watching some TV in his hotel room. Uh, see the feds bust in our main sidebar uh, CDC just waiting for the call you know just just saying this podcast is probably why I haven't got that call oh, so, they, so they can like research you to know what's growing inside of you did you just did you open no, I've, uh, did you break the facade for a second I've applied for uh, five or six positions over there. So, Pangle, of course. Pangolin handler. <laughs> hey, you've seen Invasion USA. You know how to handle an animal. It's true. I mean, a pang- what's a pangolin more than... It's just an armadillo, right? Pretty much. Yeah, you shoot them. You give them, them a, you give them a fucking well, bo- barrel full of milk. Bowl of milk. You guys know you just armadillos get scared when you... Go over them so they'll jump right into your cars. Uh, you know I'm sensitive about this right now. Let's let's not talk about hitting animals with your car. Fuck. All right, Chuck's in a hotel room. He's watching TV, <laughs> minding his own business. Feds bust in, and now I don't know if you guys recognize this main Fed. It was driving me crazy. I I knew I knew this guy from somewhere. I looked him up. He's uh, Marla's dad from a league of their own. Does he have a name? 
I don't know the actor or the character name. I just he's like number six in the IMDb roster. He's got really interesting eyes. But uh, I don't know when the last time you guys saw a League of Their Own was, but I ended up watching a bunch of YouTube clips of all of his scenes and just thinking like, God damn, a League of Their Own is a fucking masterpiece. Like just brings me to the, tears every time. The uh, series or the movie? The movie. I didn't watch the series. I know Sam watched it. She likes, uh, I think Darcy Carden's in that. Oh well, I mean, if you, it's a requirement for Gina Davis, man. Come on. All right, the feds bust in and they're like, "We got gotcha. you," and he gives a little spiel about nobody is a beyond the law, like basically saying that Chuck's making this worse somehow. I, I don't know. It seems like he's saved a lot of lives so far, but uh, fucking government bureaucracy. You don't count the saves, though. Like, nobody's counting you prevented all these people from blowing up in a church. Yeah. Well, I guess the only other witness to the the school bus attempt was the little girl who saw the bomb but didn't react or anything. Mm-hmm. All right. The next day. And uh, she's not going to talk to the feds. She's. <laughs> snitches get snitches, dude. Yeah, dude. She's front line. I mean, she <laughs> got a rifle in her hand right now. Yeah, they gave her a fucking. Uh, Military issued set of briefs. Yep. Said, figure it out. Yeah, here's your briefs. Here's your gun. This is the military. There is no gender. There's only briefs. You wear the Get same to briefs it. as everybody. Get to it. All right. So Chuck's brought in. He is officially arrested. He's brought into this federal building. Um, the media is there. They're reporting about this so called vigilante that's been caught and. They, I guess they're allowed to just walk up and question Chuck. Say like, hey, you got anything to say? And he looks into the camera and he, he says, uh, Nico was easy. Dudes, was this a fucking trap? Is he just playing bait? Because Rustoff, he's in his lair watching like four or five TVs, getting off on all this carnage. And man, this, this fucking breaks him. He flips out, throws his TV. Now that one was... Uh, like, that was a plug-in. Yeah. So that didn't have any batteries. There's probably, like, an expansion pack that you could <laughs> hook up to the back of it. So he finally loses his shit, and he's like, all right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. We cut to an armored car depot, and we see a security guard calmly walk across the depot and slowly pour himself a cup of coffee and another cup of coffee. And he asks the other security guard there if he's got the sports section still. And then he takes another 30 seconds to walk back across the depot. Couldn't cut a minute, dude. I mean, (laughs) you got to leave this stuff in. Yeah, that's that's when Clint would be yelling like, I'm going to I'm literally going to die in the time it takes you to walk across this fucking depot, dude. Pick it up. Um. But right as he's giving the other cup of coffee to the mechanic that he's being polite to, boom. Fucking front door of this thing blows open. And this stunt work is, this seemed like an accident to me. They have a camera set up behind this other security guard sitting behind this desk. And he gets hit 
with the fucking garage door. It smashes into the desk and it knocks the security guard out of the way. And it looks like a real human being from behind. So, can we confirm if he was looking at a porn mag or not? Sadly, no. I, I mean, maybe he had it folded up in the newspaper. That's a good trick. Mm-hmm. People think you're just looking at the grocery coupons, but what use are those? You only get 12 items at the fucking store. Mm-hmm. Little do they know you've got Sly Stallone's Playgirl. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is Rustoff and his goons, and they steal a whole fleet of armored trucks. And immediately we cut to them using these armored trucks to infiltrate these headquarters, man. So there is a barricade set up by the National Guard, the local police outside of this HQ. It doesn't take a whole lot of work for Rustoff and his goons to pierce through all of this, but there's not really much activity on the streets. Up above, Rustoff lands on the rooftop in a helicopter. Him and a few guys bust in through the rooftop door. They go into this building. They start searching around. They're kicking open doors, firing rounds into rooms, and there's nobody around. And immediately, they know something's up. We cut up to the rooftop, and we see Chuck with an RPG blow the shit out of the helicopter. So there goes Rustoff's escape. All of the... Uh, other terrorists that have infiltrated the lobby helicopter hit to go down these movies we've covered oh yeah oh yeah will there be a third dan we'll see i don't are there helicopters in our target i don't know are there helicopters in street fighter it's not gonna be street fighter crime did you classify that as a tournament movie? Is that why? No, there's a video game category that eventually we're going to bring up. So, yeah, save that, it. That will be used. Says who? You don't think Maybe I got I, a video game movie Maybe category? I own Street Fighter. <sighs> How many JCVD movies did you buy? None of your fucking business. All right. So, the American National Guard. American National Guard, the whatever, the Atlanta, Georgia Guard and all the local police and shit, they finally show up. So they've got all the terrorists locked inside. So now it's a fucking firefight down on the streets. And like Dan said, Chuck's going full Jason here. He's going through this building, killing these uh, this little squad off one by one, using his Uzis, a few kicks, a few punches. Uh, we're not going to delay this anymore. All right. He finally finds Rustoff. They come to blows a little bit. Uh, Chuck starts fucking with him, starts throwing him through walls and kicking him and shit. Then he kind of disappears. Rustoff gets another RPG. He starts stalking the halls, but it's useless because Chuck walks up behind him. And he's fucking super silent, like a gator on the hunt. And then Rustoff only hears that RPG pop open. And we see Chuck just just whisper. It's like the dream of, like Marcus Aurelius, there was once a dream of Rome, more than a whisper, and it would vanish. And Chuck says, it's time. And from the hip, what are you smiling at? Just like where you're going here. Okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to pe- keep, engaged right like it's kind of boring if you just go through the plot he does this like 
tell a story, right? I like it. Take beautiful. Thank you. So from the hip, he fucking fires his RPG at Rustoff, and Rustoff blows through this window. And guys, it looks great. There, there's meat chunks. There's literally a, a fake head and a foot that come out in this of this explosion. And Chuck walks off screen, and the credits roll. Gentlemen, Invasion USA, 1985, starring Chuck Norris, written by Chuck Norris. I think Rustoff would have had a better chance had he not done a dramatic screaming 180 <laughs> to to face Chuck. I mean, but he's so full of adrenaline, though. I guess. I guess if you know it's your time, you might as well go out. With a screaming 180. Yeah. (laughs) It's better than getting shot in the back, you know? All right. We're so close to this being a two-hour ep. Dan, hit me with that research. Gentlemen, upon further research, until the year 2007, this was MGM's second highest selling home video title behind one of Donald Trump's favorite movies. Well, Can it's you guess it from 1939. C- Citizen Kane? No, it was RKO. Oh, yeah, that's gone, right. Gone with the wind, gentlemen. Well, that's like a double VHS. So what, do they count those uh, twice on every yep, yep, fucking yep, purchase? Yep, yep, yep. It's like Prince giving away CDs at a concert. It's fucking bullshit. Uh, Chuck Norris, as I said, did perform a lot of his own stunts, including the scene where he hangs off the side of the pickup truck oh, fuck while yeah. he's driving through the shopping center. A real Tom Cruise, if you know what I mean. Nope. Uh, Chuck Norris did push Hanging off a truck is fucking amateur hour for a cruise, dude. We gonna try this at the next Buds tour? I'll hang off a truck. All Mm -hmm. right. I got a truck. (laughs) Let's go. I'll set it up. Uh, Chuck Norris did push for Whoopi Goldberg in the role as the reporter. Wow. Uh, (laughs) But this was overruled by Mr. Zito. And then as this happened, Chuck decided to never work with him again. I think Chuck was in the right. I think adding Whoopi into that role would have maybe put a little juice. And I think within a few scenes, you would have been like, all right, we got to figure out how to get her in this more. And maybe she could be a little bit more of a connective tissue as opposed to this. Not not to say that this woman wasn't a good actor. I just don't think she had the any really good material and Whoopi would have maybe elevated it. Hey, Barry, you know, it'd be great you got to get Whoopi in here. Hey, Joe, could you come into my trailer? Take your shoes off, please. (laughs) Hey, I've been giving this a lot of thought. I'm going to stop you right there, Chuck, because this conversation is going to take an hour and a half, whatever it is now. (laughs) I'm furious right now. I'm so mad. Please leave my dojo. Your trailer? Anywhere I'm at is a dojo. Goodbye, Joe. I'm so furious. I'm going to be 30 seconds late to set. I'll show you. And somebody came in and they said, it's time, Chuck. And he went, it's time. It's time. Get Joseph back in here. 
by that point, Joe was like, all right, we're going to put the fucking it's time thing in. Okay. Whatever is, whatever is going to get you back to set, Chuck. We've already been here for seven and a half months. <laughs> 35 millimeter prints of this movie are six hours long. What? <laughs> Uh, there's, the a, there's a six-hour cut? <laughs> yeah. For the 35 millimeters, it takes... There's six hours. Six reels long, Cron. Did I say hours or reels? You, you said, said hours. hours. You, you said uh, this movie is uh, six hours six long reels. on 35 reels. millimeter. Reels. For reels. Uh, the movie features an invasion of the United States of America, which was a storyline uh, in 1984 with Red Dawn. Yep. And then perfected in uh, Batista's Bushwick. You heard that first on Five Day Reynolds podcast. Uh, that's about it. Gentlemen, uh, released September 27th of 1985. That week at the box office, you could have caught Maxine, a comedy with Glenn Close. I don't know what that is. Uh, nothing really came out that week, but the next week was Commando with Mr. Arnold. And uh, September 27, 1985, ran the 1985 uh, Kurosawa movie did come out limited release. So if you got a chance to catch that, fuck yeah. $12 million estimated budget, ranking in 17, a little over 17 million for the box office. So it was a success. That's a cannon smash, baby. Yeah. Very successful. If they uh, make Canada. 30 cents. Probably funded four Charles Bronson movies. Mm-hmm. That's true. They probably filmed four Charles Bronson movies in the span it took to... Yeah, I mean, he's knocking them out in two months, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about a guy who's not saying anything. Yeah, you were impressed that Zito had two movies in 84. Bronson might have had six. <laughs> yeah. Look at all this damn dialogue. What do you think I am, Chuck Norris? Cut it out. Rate my box. Guys, you locked in a 3.0 for old bones at the beginning of the show. How about I take a crack at your guys' letterboxes? Dan, I'm going to give you a 2.5. Cron 3.0. Uh, 2.5. Yeah, that sounds good. Dan, 2.5. Crowd, I'm going a a 2.5 for you. All right, guys, I'll jump in here first. Uh, I think ultimately I would be a 2.5 on this movie. I'm kind of torn. I mean, 2.5 is the middle. That's exactly how I feel about this movie. In one sense, I am confused by Invasion USA after watching it a total of three times because there's basically almost no plot that exists in this film. But on the other hand, I don't know if there needs to be. It's just kind of a connection, uh, like a, a bunch of set pieces thrown together, and they are good set pieces. Like, the action is pretty solid. Um, there's a lot of fun to be had, like... When you actually are in the action, I don't know if you need two hours and 15 minutes of movie built around that action. Um, And I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, like, 
I've seen this, I've seen Delta Force, like there is just something wooden about Chuck Norris and his delivery and performance. Like the guy is an action star, but he is not great at delivering dialogue. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I feel like everybody else is putting like a little oomph into it. And Chuck is just kind of quietly saying his lines to camera. And I don't know. There's just something about him that like, I don't know if it works for a movie. Like, I think it works pretty good for Walker, Texas Ranger. But as a film star, I just don't know if the dude has like ever clicked for me. So I don't know. Invasion's pretty fun. I don't want to knock it too much, but I think I enjoyed On Deadly Ground for how crazy it is more than I enjoyed Invasion USA. So 2.5. LD? Guys, the action, when it happens, is good. When you look at the synopsis of this movie, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Chuck Norris. I'm sure when the trailer came out, everyone was like, holy shit, yeah. Ticket. $3 ticket bought. But, uh, too long. Uh, plot confused the whole time as well. I watched it twice. Uh, I didn't remember a lot. Uh... Chuck doesn't, I don't, he doesn't really even show off his martial arts here. And I know that's not the point. He's a kind of an action gun guy in this one. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm with Kron here. I'm with it. I'm at 2.5. Like I said, the action stuff when it happens is it's fun shit. It's a cool concept. I think it's canon. So you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? But it seems like they just gave Mr. Zito too much power, maybe? <laughs> I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm a 2.5. I appreciate your guys' insights, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters for the fucking big list ranking still. But, uh, dudes... Uh, I was a 3.0 on my first watch and then second watch I had to pre I had to give some props to the fucking bonkerness of some of these action set pieces so Kron you said on deadly ground it, it's like wilder and crazier in more aspects right like the bad guy who's using prevent like these weird like bad preventers so he can get this contract and do this and Seagull being wild and this whole essence and connection to Native American heritage in the land and it being a whole thing about the environment like it's wilder across the board I think action or see I did it I even said I one of us would say action USA and I'm the one who did it Invasion USA is like, let's just keep the fucking action wild and let's have as minim as minimum uh minimally required glue to connect these. And 
I feel that that's their intent to be as minimal as possible to get you to those set pieces. So I think they deliver. I'm just going to bump it up a 0.5 for the framing of those fucking RPG sequences. The fact that you saw Richard Lynch blow up some houses uh, just puts this thing at a 3.5 for me. So we're probably pretty close to the letterbox average. What? 26, 28? I think we're ending yeah. up at 2.83. Uh, let's see where this thing lands. Uh, Invasion USA would have an average rating from the three of us at 2.83. This would end up at number 60 on the big list. This would be right below Streets of Fire, right above Black Dog. I think Black Dog might need to get reevaluated. Cron, how is this higher than on Deadly Ground? We were at a 2.83 on Deadly Ground. Uh, well, we used the letterboxed average to like break a tie essentially. Uh, 2.9. So, yeah, 2.9 versus what? 2.4. 2.4, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to look at just 2.83s, you basically have, uh, let's see, The Green Knight, Streets of Fire, Invasion USA, Black Dog, Jade, On Deadly Ground. That's it. So that's every movie we've given a 2.83 to, and those are just sorted by essentially the letterbox user rating. Is is that a dad section of the store? The 2.83s? I mean, you take out the Green Knight, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think you I, might have to take out the Green Knight, I, but I, besides that... No, I think the Green Knight is something your dad rents, thinking it's going to be a lot more action-packed, and then he's he falls asleep. You guys and then want he, a copy he, of the Green Knight? He tells you about it. No, I don't give a shit. Yeah, not uh, really. <laughs> yeah. I think he looks at that cover, and he goes, oh, I remember hearing this story when I was a kid or something like, you know, having to read this and like, you know, when your dad went for his MBA and he had to take a lit class, mm-hmm. you know, no, but if it's any consolation, these are all below strange land. So, well, I think strange land had some rewind bumps, mm-hmm. but Hey, we, we made the bed. We got to play in it. Right. This is our monster. We, we clean the truck. We're going to make out in it. Them's the rules. Uh, I think Dan and I both got a 0. 0.5. That is correct. Uh, let's see. On that end of things, wow. Dan would currently be leading Rate My Letterboxd with a 2.5. Good job, dude. Me and Bones would be tied with a 2.0. And well, we get a chance next week because you and I will go head to head. Yeah, we can make up some, some ground with Dan's selection. Um, let's get out of here. We'll come back for the after showers, and Dan will reveal his pick for the big three, but really not the three you want. Uh, we've already covered Seagull, we've already covered Chuck. You are locked in at JCVD, which was your want from the beginning. You coy fuck. You coy little Belgian boy. 
you little ballerina trained karate master. Look at your little muscles. You don't look like a guy who would work out, but you're fucking ripped. But you're also like classy. Yeah. You're also like classy. You do like a shit ton of cocaine, but you somehow seem to keep yourself. You're so confident. You knew you were going to be a star. I'm just good looking. You're JCVD, baby. All right. Um, Dan, you already did your job, so I'll say please rate and review. Hit us up on the Discord, and let's get out of here like Chuck would want. No ceremony for Laundry Dan, for Cron Howard. I have been Bones. This has been Five Day Rentals. And with that, I'll say it's time to end the show. Uh, that gator doesn't look very well. <laughs> Just over here doing a screaming 180. Welcome back everybody to five day rentals we just covered invasion usa from 1985 38 years ago this is the after shower show don't remind me um and we are here for the most important pick of kron's category the big three but really not the three you want of course, Kron, Kron brought us uh, Steven Seagal with On Deadly Ground, Bones Invasion USA, and it comes down to Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels, guys. <laughs> burping up a storm How right can here. you burp and talk at the same time? It's a skill. It's incredible. If incredible. Dan would have also farted, he would have exploded instantly. <laughs> I probably would have felt better. Um, gentlemen, this was a tough one. I've watched a lot of John claude Van Damme movies. I own a lot of John claude Van Damme movies now. I don't know if that's a good thing. I were will you wearing say, uh, boxers or briefs when you were watching? Thongs. Nothing. It's hard as a fucking rock, bro, doing a fucking split between the couch were you yelling for your wife? Hell, no, they weren't. They weren't home. Hell, but uh, I did watch quite a few. I did decide that it would not be a, a tournament style movie. So Bloodsport, uh, all that is out the window, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I was gonna stick to the 90s and we're going to go to 1998 and not only are we bringing Jean-Claude Van Damme to the podcast for the first time but we're also bringing Mr. Rob Schneider to the podcast for the first time and not only are we bringing Jean-Claude Van Damme Rob Schneider to the podcast. We're also bringing Chris from the Mount Molehill podcast to join us yes. on this episode. Yes. 
from 1998, gentlemen. The movie's called Knockoff. Fuck. Currently streaming on Tubi. I will send you a standard edition <laughs> through our drive there if you do want to watch it that way. Directed by Tashi Hark, I think is how you say his name. I'm not sure on the first one. But um, Jean-Claude Van Damme in Hong Kong with Rob Schneider. I know we've done Hong Kong before. I did bring that to the podcast with full contact. So we'll see how this goes. Are they like the only two white people? Like, is it all Hong Kong people besides Jean-Claude and <laughs> Rob Schneider? There might be an Italian. I guess I who's, just... Who's I'm, been featured on the show before. I'm wondering if it's like, you know kung fu focused or something based on the hong kong connection it's a hong kong director so okay bones have you seen knockoff um before before i answer that uh cron and dan i wanted to hold up my little notebook that i used to track letterboxed and like guesses i had maximum risk that was my honest, uh, honest to God guess of what you were going to pick. Um, and I think I might mix that up with knockoff. I think that might be a little bit later. I own maximum risk as well. Okay. <laughs> Which I think that's the one with, uh, did you that... buy the filmography? <laughs> I mean, do you own every JCVD movie? No, I own eight. <laughs> That's a lot. JCVD. I, I like that you counted before the show because you knew you would be asked this. Um, no, sorry. So knockoff is a little later than maximum risk, but a reason mm -hmm. for maximum risk as a guess was that it was Ringo Lamb. Bringing it back to uh, the aforementioned full contact. So um, like we talked about, Earlier in the show, it could be a thing where I say, no, nah, I haven't seen it. And then I start to watch it and go, oh, yeah, obviously this was a, you know, cable staple for me. So we'll see. The Rob Schneider of it isn't ringing any bells, but I'm not the biggest Rob Schneider fan. I don't know. I'm not, it's sacrilege right now. He's, he's comedy royalty. I mean, we can catch him October 1st down here. Well, in Oklahoma. Hmm. Apparently. Let me, let me think about it. Very conservative set from what I hear. Oh, yeah. He's a uh, he's a full-blown anti-vaxxer. Leave me alone. Don't tread on me, guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure his set is a lot of like, uh, uh, I don't know. I imagine it's like Bill Ingvall-esque or something. Like it's. If you, <laughs> I was gonna say, Crumb, don't watch Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo. It is knockoff. I started watching a Ringo Lamb movie the other night. It's called Burning Paradise. It's pretty fucking cool. Hell yeah! 
But the real story here is that we're getting Chris from the Mount Molehill podcast. Yeah, gentlemen. He's coming on to show his expertise in JCVD. So study hard this week, okay? And and get I'm it, not, not going to study. Get ahead it get ahead of it and listen to Mount Molehill and I think he's got four or five eps out right now. Um I did throw a reference out last week. I don't know if anybody caught it, but probably there was not. One in there. I I hear eighteen percent of what you say. <laughs> I need to need to get that down to. 10. Well, you are burping out of at that, the same I time. Pay so, attention yeah. to roughly eight. I'm there then. <laughs> but yeah, gentlemen, knock off, uh, knock off, Schmiernoff. No, it's about genes. Quran. Mm, I don't know. Audience write in. Was that a good joke? I think so. You'll forget. <laughs> the day this comes out, somebody will say, yeah, it was all right. Joke, Kron. And you'll go, what fucking joke? You know. <laughs> I'll say thank you. I know. <laughs> There's things referenced in the Discord where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. When did we say that? <laughs> hey, but yeah, I, we got Chris I, coming on. It's a good time. It has a good sign, right? If we knew every fucking reference, that means we would we were only smelling our own shit. Right? <sighs> we're getting out there and, and we're... It stinks. Yeah. But yeah, first guest of season two... Your gas yeah. problem is why we do this over Zoom. We all live on the same street. Mm-hmm. Same cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, what, what time you guys want to meet up and make out in the crunch truck? truck? As soon as we stop the fucking okay. record, dude. That's okay, yeah, so the usual. All right, just making sure. Uh, don't, don't forget, tomorrow's recycling day as well. Did they bump it because of Labor Day? Yeah. Shit, I just gave away when we're recording this. Breaking the illusion. <laughs> That's a burp. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were like three of them in a <laughs> row, dude. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. See y'all next week. Crash and burn.